season two, and we this is episode eight. My name is Elizabeth. Dexter. And we are so glad that you have joined us again um, for the Bible Unmasked. And remember, if you have any family or friends who you think would benefit or enjoy these, you want to pass this on to them. And um, you can see this every Sunday evening on our PlantationSDA.tv or our YouTube channel. And today we are so happy to have um, a couple with us, a very special couple, and Cassandra Pierre and Edward Bienname. And these are actually the founders, the originators um, of the Bible on Mass. Can't wait to hear their amazing story. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Well, let's get diving right in. You want to grab your Bibles? And we are going to be looking at the book of Ezra, um, which is right after the Chronicles. And um, we're going to have prayer and then we'll um, get right into it. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much again for um, this time in your word that we can study. And we can also just talk about um, how your word applies to our life. And I pray that those who are watching will be blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, Dexter, can you tell us a little bit about um, the book of Ezra? And why did you choose this theme for it, a cause greater than survival? Right. So, we're doing the Bible and Mask in themes this year. And by themes is I am taking one subject area, a central thought, an idea, and I'm running that idea through the book that we are studying. Um, and it's, it's pretty interesting when you study the Bible like this, because in my experience, it's like a novel. It's like you're following this theme to see how it would unfold in various passages and verses. I love that. So a, a cause greater than survival, Ezra used to work in Susa, which is the capital of Persia. So you're pretty comfortable, right? And then there's a call on his life from God to go back to broken down, messed up, um, boondocked Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. You know, and, and to do that, to leave the, your, your comfy position, to go work among the destitute, destitute, disenfranchised, that takes a lot of courage, a lot of faith. Uh, and that's why I chose this theme. And that's why we chose this couple. Uh, because they have some experiences, not just founding the Bible and Mask, but Cassandra, I wanted her to share a little bit as, a, as an attorney and the type of attorney she became. Because when I heard attorney, I immediately started thinking, wow, 300000 a year. I'm like, you guys, I need to show you all where Cheesecake Factory is so you can treat me. Um, but she's a special kind of attorney, and I wanted um, her to share that journey and, uh, um, Edward would share also some really, really insightful experience um, in terms of his own experience with how God has been stirring his heart and his spirit. Okay, excellent. Well, you know, that really, um, when you started talking about that, it made me think how we, you become wise by looking at other people's experiences and growing from them and, and learning from them and not following those same mistakes. And that's really what the Bible is, is you're seeing stories of people's lives and you can grasp um, lessons from them and that is what this is about here is is looking at how they um, survived beyond themselves so Amen. 
Let's look at Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. So the lesson we learn from it is stirred by God. So our question, how do you know it's God stirring rather than your desires? And this also has a, a double question to it. And how do you not allow other noise to drown out the stirring of God's calling in your on your heart? Right. Wow, what a great question <laughs> and hard to answer. Um, so as Pastor Dexter uh, mentioned before, I'm going to share about my experience becoming a lawyer here in the U.S. Um, that's a long story. I'll try to make it short, but it happened. You know, it started years, you know, years ago when I was um, 18 or 17. So I grew up. I was born and I grew up in Haiti. And growing up, I wanted to be a doctor. So that was my dream my whole life. I was going to be a doctor. However, although I wanted to be a doctor in school, my strengths, you know, I was more writing and 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 those type of thing and French and writing you know, math and chemistry and physics, did not really enjoy them that much, but I wanted to be a doctor. So in my very last um, grade of, of, of high school um, in Haiti, we call it Philo, when I was in Philo, so there was a competition at school, we had to write something and present. And I read and I wrote a nice piece, I was told, <laughs> and I presented and there were other contestants. And at the end, you know, I got the first prize and my professor oh, wow. was my philosophy professor. And he speech somebody like that should go to law school or should go to communication school. And that's when I started to think about it. Hmm. So all these years, you know, if you look at my grade in school, that was, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't know why I had an idea to be a doctor, maybe because my older brother wanted to be a doctor, but I enjoyed writing and literature. So these are the things that I enjoy doing. So after high school, although he said that, and I did not take him seriously at that time because I was young, I went and wasn't ready to take the um, exam to go to med, to med school in Haiti. So in Haiti, um, as in most countries of the world, except the U.S., you go to med school or law school after high school, you go and then you spend a lot of years, but you go straight after high school. So I was taking the exam. I was getting ready to take my exam and I did not enjoy studying for the whole summer, chemistry, physics, very boring, very annoying, but I'm studying to take my exam. And I've always been a part of my whole life and I was a leader and we go camping every year twice a year and I was a leader. And as a leader, we had summer camp and I will not miss my summer came for anything. So that summer as a leader, I had to um, stop studying for like a week and go um, to camping with my pathfinders at the time. So when I came back, I was so behind for that one week. I was depressed. Like, what am I going to do? I was so depressed. And that's when I started to think about going to law school. And it was almost the end of the summer. And um, I decided last minute I'm going to apply to law school and to communication school in Haiti. Now, and with no preparation, I went and took the exam, although I did not prepare for it because usually you have you, you have those classes that you take to prepare either for law school, for med school, whatever you have to do. So with no preparation, because I was studying to go to, to, to med school the whole summer, I went to the exam and I finished second. And with hundreds of people taking the exam, I finished second. And I went to law school in Haiti 
And I also um, double majored in law and communication. So that was what I've always mm. wanted, that I wanted to do. And I had a passion for it. So a few wow. years later, I finished law school. A, and a, a, pa a passion, before you continue, a passion for it meaning what? A passion for what aspect of it back then? You know what? This is what it drives me. It drives me to talk to people, to help people. So my goal was to help those who were less fortunate, the orphans. That was that's that's what I wanted to do. So that drives me, and that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I go to law school, and um, I finished in two thousand. Um, um, and I went to law school from nineteen ninety six to two thousand. And in two thousand two, I moved to the U.S. So here I am from Haiti. Oh, wow. I came here, barely spoke English at that time. So law school was not an option whatsoever. Not an option for me because I don't speak English well. I have a very bad, thick, strong accent. Um, so it was really, so that was not an option um, at that time. And there are so many people like me who are from other countries because of English, when they come here, they have to revet themselves. So most people that I came in contact with here told me, you have to go to nursing school. I'm like, okay, I'll go to nursing school. <laughs> so, so I was in New York. That was my first semester in school, 2003. Somebody told me, go to the community college um, in New York, in upstate New York. It's RCC, Rockland College Community College. And I took like one semester of courses. I took, you know, chemistry, organic chemistry that year. And I also took English composition one, that class you have to take here for for. So I'm thinking yeah, my first class of English, and I remember my first paper was a disaster, of course. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get an F, but it was not good. You know, because my I have I was a strong writer and, and it was not the best. And they had a tutoring center. I'm telling you that because it's important to my story later. So they had a tutoring center at the school in New York. And I went there every day and my tutor told me wow, you have all the basics. Your grammar is good because, you know, I love the language. So in Haiti, because I had, you know, English courses in high school, I mastered the grammar for some reason. So she told me you have to just read and write and practice and listen so you can learn how people talk here, you know, in the U.S. in English. And I did just that. And I will go to that center, tutoring center every day, practice. And I passed my first English class with an A. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> So I got my A. That was important because as a lawyer, you have to have very good writing skills because of what I do, exactly. you know, like my life is spent mostly writing. So that was very important. But still in my head, I was going to be a nurse. So, so I left New York after that first semester, moved to Florida, moved down here and went to FAU in my head. Although, you know, I still wanted to nurse to go to nursing school and I'm going to nursing school. I'm taking all the prerequisites for nursing. Took all of them, but don't enjoy any of it. I'm passing, I'm doing well, but I'm not enjoying it, really. So I'm at FAU, you know, trying to do my, took all my took all my prerequisites. And I'm thinking, then that voice in my head is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Do you want to go to nursing? Do you want to go to nursing? And that voice told me, no, this is not for you. And I have my older brother who's in the medical field, as I said before, um, had gone to uh, med school called me one day say, I don't think this is for you. Although I want to take of myself as a nice and caring person, <laughs> but he told me, I don't think it's for you. So I decided to, and then when I met with my advisor, 
the easiest thing for me to do because of my, my, all of my trends, my credits from Haiti was to get a degree in criminal justice. And I was out of FAU very quickly because I had all these credits that I had before. So I went and um, I, I had, you know, now I started to work as a case manager with abused children. You know, that was my, oh. my job as, after college here. And the natural thing for me to do was to become a, to get a master's degree in social work. So I became a social worker, did counseling, in-home counseling, mostly with um, underserved communities and, and going to people's house and helping them. And the natural thing for me to do was to get my master's in social work. So I got my master's in social work and I worked as a therapist counselor for years. And 2020, in 2011, I started to work for Broad Health North Hospital. And at that time I decided, well, it's time for me to move up and get my PhD in social work. And at that time, I'm like, oh, should you go to law school? Something, should you go to law school instead? And my dad, who's my biggest um, supporter, <laughs> will ask me all the time, when are you going to law school? You're going to law school. And 2013, I became, I had been here for what, how many years then? 11 years, I guess. By 2013, I spoke English well, I taught. And I've taken so many English classes, did very well in all of them, surprisingly. And, um, Yes, I had enough confidence to just go to law school. So 2013, I resigned from my positions at Plantation and um, went to law school, disappeared for a couple of years, and it did well, did my bar exam, went well, and here I am. So to answer wow. the question, um, I guess God spoke with me to other people. You know, those people told me to go to nursing school, they know me. But when you have that relationship with God, you know to you know his voice. So when when he's the one talking to you and also get confirmation from other people, right? So again, there's a voice inside of me telling me to go to law school, go to law school. But I have other people like my dad or my older brother or me doing that research paper or even me before going to law school, my first year working at World Health Hospital as a social worker, I'm like, I mean, as a social worker, and I see the nurses, I'm like, this is not for me. I am not having a nurse. So there was that thing always leading me toward going to law school of my experiences, my conversation with people. And 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 I think, you know, I have to just listen and know that right. was talking to me. Can I interject in one more thing here in what uh, Cassandra is saying, uh, relating to the story of Ezra? Um, that she was preparing, God was preparing her to to right. take on that task as a lawyer. And when you look at the story of Ezra, Ezra started to read the book of Moses and went back to be Come able on. to see how God was leading Israel, how they fell into apostasy and idolatry. And he was preparing Ezra for a moment when Cyrus and Aetoxerxes had to make the decree for Israel to go back. So he was being molded into what God intended him to do as, as a leader. And then Edward, how useful would he have been as a priest in Susa? You know, so so his in one sense he was wasting his giftedness in Susa. You know, the the, the, the the his calling, his calling and his gift was really suited for that rebuilding, motivating, inspiring the people. That that was that was a time of meeting its moment. Um and what's interesting with, with verse one as Elizabeth read is that God did not only stir Artaxerxes, 
you know, Proverbs 21 talks about the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, which is why I like telling people, you have to pray for your leaders. I don't care what political party is in power, whether you voted for them or not. A lot of times when they do evil, it's because we have abandoned our mission post as Christians. First Timothy 2 talks about praying for, for leaders. And that's our calling. When you don't pray for your leaders, you, you are giving Satan unlimited access to influencing them. You see, if God can, if God can influence the leader of the then known world, then an American president uh, or whoever, in this case, a Canadian president, they, they don't like the prime minister. They, they don't like the Canadian prime minister too much. But anybody God could influence. So, and, and I'm saying that's why you pray. So he stirred Artaxerxes, but he also stirred Ezra. And, and Edward, you nailed it. My guy was ready because God had been building him up for this moment. But the, the last question, Cassandra, and then we move on to question two, is you when you embarked on law, at some point, you had to make a decision on what kind of lawyer you wanted to be. A corporate lawyer, um, a criminal lawyer. Um, did, was, was your social work experience, did that call you to public defendant? Or was it the, the work you did among the, the homeless and the, the, the kids in orphanage, even back in Haiti? Was all of that at play or was there something else? Absolutely. It was that at, at play and the God's voice. And I decided that's when we, I decided to become a public defender after law school. So it was to me to, that desire to give back, that desire to help other people the way I've been helped along the way. And um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to turn down other jobs and, 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 and work as a public defender. It's something that I told myself I will do forever. But I wanted to work um, as a public defender for for I wanted to work for a few years and just give back and serve and and I did that Amen. for years. Then after that, I moved on with with something else. Mm -hmm. And now now you're making the real money. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we'll talk later. <laughs> off records. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, let's move on now to our point number two, which we're gonna pick up from Ezra chapter three and verse nine. The workers of the temple of God were supervised by Jesua with his sons and relatives and Cadmiel and his sons, all descendants of Hodaviah. They were helped in the task by the Levites of the family of Henadad. So the tip that lesson that we gather from here is your calling needs to be affirmed by your community. So here's our question. With whom do you receive confirmation that your calling is a God thing? Hmm. Mm. And, and I think this is the question where I kind of wanted you to talk about the Bible on mask and how did God put that on your heart? Um, where did you get confirmation that it was God and not just your ego talking? Because God don't ever speak to us individually. You know, Second Peter says, no scripture was given by private interpretation, but holy men spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. And then Peter spoke about how him and the other disciples were eyewitnesses and so on and X and Y. So God always confirms your gift 
through people is never an isolated thing where God just speaks to you alone. You are so special. You know, he's always confirming it. And you, you kind of answer that with your with your journey um, into, into law, you know, where your, your father, and I like how you distinguish it, Cassandra. You said people who knew you, not, not just random people who wanted you to just get a job. Look, you came from Haiti, girl, you need to make some money, just get a job, become a nurse. No, the people who who knew your design, what you were cut out to do, they said, no, you, you speak to this. So I'd like to hear you and Edward share this, this Bible unmasked, the, the, the cliff note version of the Bible unmasked journey. <laughs> I, I, I would like to start like this. So when you're a leader, we are the digital evangelism leaders and co-leaders at Plantation. And I believe that when you become a leader or when you have set a position at the church to become a leader, God is instilling in your head some ideas that you can implement. And the, the idea of the Bible Unmasked was really come up with Cassandra and then she shared it with me and then we kind of went into a kind of a uh, sharing ideas sharing of thoughts on how we were able to we were going to do it and what direction we were going to take with it and she had the idea but I was kind of thinking of the same thing but couldn't really understand or find out where and how we would implement it. Well, you can and when, and when, when she came up, <laughs> when she came up with the idea and she shared it, we kind of had it, um, shared our, our, our thoughts, and we kind of came up with the kind of a common ground on where we wanted to lead with with the Bible and Mass, and we started calling some people. They started giving us idea, and I'll let her share the rest of the story because she's so excited about it as well. <laughs> well, the confirmation, as you mentioned, um, Pastor Dex, you have to have confirmation. So we called a few people, and they were all excited. I called the first person we spoke with was Pastor Joe. Oh, my goodness. He was so happy. He was like, yes, let's do this. The church needs something like this. I wanted to do something. So he had that same idea. So I was calling all the pastors and all the presenters. I call you, Pastor Dexter, and you were so excited. And let me tell you, even in choosing the presenters and hosts, I think he was just speaking because there were some hosts, some, well, other presenters who were, we carefully handpicked them. And some of the, the, the hosts, however, um, I had first choices. And when I was sure, I'm like, who do I? And I'm like, maybe that person, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do that person. I wasn't too excited, but every single person was handpicked. And that's when you know it was from God. So it's not, yes. it's not, it's not because for, I'm not going to say for what week I wanted another presenter to host with somebody else. I'm not going to say who. And let me tell you, the person that hosted with that person, the person did such a wonderful job. It was God picked. Even after and doing the Bible Unmasked, um, the feedback we got from the viewers, I had people texting me personally to say thank you. What do we? And people were so excited. And when we started, as you know, it's a very time-consuming project. It was very uh, overwhelming at some point last year, reading the Bible. You know, it's, it, it's a lot of work. And for me, it was like a one-year idea, and it would have been gone. But by the end of the one year, people asked, started to ask me, what are you doing next year? And I'm having all these ideas, but okay, we're going to look into some books like Revelation, Daniel, and it's still an idea for the next seasons. And I wanted to do something on LNG rights so we can look at all the books and review all these books together. And Pastor Dexter came along and said, hey, I have this wonderful, I'm like, let's do this. 
and now you're all leading this project for this year, for this season, and I'm taking a nice little break, and I'm very excited. <laughs> but it's confirmation. So what we what we thought that was like a one year project to hear to read the Bible is a journey, and we got confirmation from people along the way. Everybody got excited. Everybody embraced the idea, and people are being blessed by it. And, and sometimes, Pastor Dexter, you would come up with the idea, and you don't have the confirmation that's God's leading. Mm -hmm. But as you progress into the implementation of it, because you find out, oh, so-and-so was thinking about the same thing, and you have so many people confirming that this is a good idea, so you understand that that's not my leading, that's not Cassandra's leading, that's God's leading. And to see how the different presenters, even when we had, sometimes we had, people that couldn't make it at some point, and then we were able to find presenters that match the host. I know. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So the dynamic between the hosts. And and, and it's been a wonderful experience. It and has, I think and I think the confirmation doesn't come really at the beginning, but as you progress into the development of the program, you understand that this is this is not us. It's bigger than me. It's, it's bigger, bigger than us, bigger than Edwards. Yes. Yeah. That's the confirmation that you get there. And, and um, if I may, Pastor Dexter, I think when God is is gives you an idea, He never fails, right? So sometimes amen. when we have those projects and we start, it's our own idea. Sometimes we never see to the end of these projects. But when it's God's, you know, project, God's mission, you know, that mission always gets fulfilled. And and I think that's another way to to get confirmation that this is from God. Yeah. And also, as Edward mentioned, um, the presenters. Pastor Paul Enslin, for instance, I like that story because one week I don't have anybody to present and I only have his number on my phone, Pastor Paul Enslin, because he was when he was preaching at Plantation a few years ago and I had to contact him for the podcast and I saved his number. And by mistake, I'm just, I instead of texting Pastor Paul Anderson this year, and I texted him twice. And when I was wow. he presented, I'm like, can you do it for me? And he did it. He came ready. To be, and he was just, oh, wow. that works. That's crazy. <laughs> That's, yes. You know, you know, so this, this is what happened with Ezra. Because I'm sure like you guys, you know, Ezra had his butterflies, but he stepped forward. Same thing with Nehemiah. They stepped forward and God loaded them up with confirmation. People coming forth saying, yeah, I, I want to serve. But you know, one of the things that I'm, well, but let me just confess. I, I like the idea because I'm a Bible guy, but I didn't think it would go anywhere. I'm like, look, uh-huh. look, let me tell you. Are you by the second Pastor Dexter? <laughs> well, well, no, I was more, I was more, I was more doubting people. Because I know people would start off really excited, but I'm like, look, by, by February, you're going to be down to about 20 people looking at it. You know what I mean? I, I, so I kind of, I want to support because I, I, I'm a, I, can get, I love the word. And, you know, we look back, you know, at the end of the year, we still saw hundred and something people. We saw, so it was, I'm blown away. The other thing that really impressed me with it, with, with it was, was, the, was by my host. You know, Elizabeth. <laughs> and I'm like, what? No, I'm like, where, where did this chick come from? All this professional voice. I, I, I'm Elizabeth Thomas. I'm Elizabeth Thomas. Welcome to the Bible. Who? Hello. Wow. Pastor Dexter, let me tell you, you weren't the only one shocked. So I must confess. I know. Liz, Liz blew me away as well because. <laughs> I 
didn't know Lisa had all this in her. Where did that come from? You know what? Can I confess? And I don't know if it's the time for confession. When we pick, yes. when we pick Lisa, we said, you know what? It's, yeah, it's, we can, we said it's convenient. It's convenient that you're together. You can record together, schedule together. When you put couples, it's going to be easy in terms of scheduling. Like, you know, it's just for scheduling. But we're like, what we're thinking is going to be good. And then the concern that, you know, point that is, is like, well, they are a couple, so she's not going to to challenge him. But let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> Liz proved everybody yeah. wrong because she was on her toes. She challenged you week after week. It was amazing. 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 All the presenters were amazing. Oh, boy. Amazing. They were amazing. very good. And um, everyone my sp- was my, my favorite. But my most favorite was you and, and Liz. <laughs> I must say. I must say. And then Liz had a sense of humor with her. No. <laughs> yes, yes. So I, I think now that Liz have challenged me, enough is enough now, Liz. Yeah. Enough is... <laughs> all right, so f- final question, because you all know I love to go real short. So final question. <laughs> okay, let's keep going here. To chapter 5, we're going to read 11 and 12. This was their answer. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built here many years ago by a great king of Israel. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, we abandoned them to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and exiled the people to Babylonia. So our lesson and our tip here is what is is your deep why? And our question is how do you remind yourself about your deep why for undertaking passion projects? And by passion projects, I'm specifically talking here about ministry. Uh, ministry of any kind, like um, you guys being communication leaders at the church. Um, Not me. <laughs> yeah, but what do you say you are? Edward, uh, the, the technology? Digital. 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 Yeah. Yeah. What, what keeps you guys going when you, you meet roadblocks, when you're discouraged? The same thing, Cassandra, when you were public defendant, you know, you're, stand, you're standing up for families, and some of them would come against you, and you're standing up for them. Ignorant. What kept you going how do you remind yourself of the big picture and this whole calling um your one to two sentence answer i would say your your what keeps you going when you have your your big why what keeps you going it's the result of it you gotta always be reminded of the result who's benefiting from this is it me or you have to look at the grand picture i remember uh, it, it, not only digital evangelism ministry, digital evangelism ministry, but other ministry. I've have helped a nonprofit organization, and I'm still helping them with a school that they're building, a church that they build in Haiti. And wow. every time I I'm reminded of the kids and their faces and the joy that they have when I met them multiple times played with them multiple times, then I'm reminded of the big why. Wow. All the little details that can come into play that can impede the work. You understand what I'm saying? So I think in my case, you have to always keep in the back of your head the result of it. And I think that's why teachers are so great. 
teachers always looked at the kids and the impression and the impact they've had in their lives. And that's why when they get the next group of kids who are delinquents, belligerent, they can say, I, I, can, I made a difference in those groups of kids that moved on to the next grade. I can make a difference in these kids as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're wow. speaking my language now. You're a teacher thing. Yes, I am. I am. I've, worked, you... I've worked in the school for, for the longest. So. And I say nothing when you're a teacher because you're a teacher. <laughs> well, my, my answer, and it's a one second, two, two, two second answer. <laughs> it's going to be very short. It's Dexter. <laughs> so, so it's going to be, it's, it's not about me, it's about God. So this is what I tell myself. It's about me, it's about God. And, and, yeah, so that's what keeps me going. And I tell myself, regardless of what I do, I will touch at least one person today. So maybe wow. we may have one view for this for this um, episode, but one person will be touched. So it's not about like, me, what I want, all the views that we want to get, but it's not about me, it's about God's purpose. And God's purpose may have chosen this particular um, episode, installment to, speak, to bless one person somewhere in the world. Wow. Wow. Yes, I like what you said there because I was thinking about that too, how often we get caught up in the numbers and we always want to see these big numbers and like we've been doing um, Credo Roll or Beginner's Class on Zoom and our numbers were going down and then, um, you know, we're thinking, okay, should we keep going? Is it because people are going back to church or whatever? Um, but then suddenly there's been a resurge again where our numbers are way up there and it's like, but really, you know, the, those times that we took, even with those, the fewer amount of kids that came, you know, that was so important. And then that is really what Christ has taught us too. You know, if it was just for one person, he would have come down here um, to save them. Um, and you know, so beautiful. the story with Abraham and Lot also, you know, how Abraham kept asking him and even for that one person. So mm -hmm. um, I really like what you're saying and that resonates with me. Mm -hmm. Can I say one wow. more thing about the extra in terms of numbers? I don't get caught up with numbers, but for this, for instance, it's online. So although we have one view today, people, somebody will be able to view this in five years. And right now with the best now we it's been you know it's 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 we air it on a radio station um oakwood university has shown interest is going to air it um sometime this year so even if we may have not, we may not have all these views that we want you know at, at the first time but 20 years from now people will be watching and we have other Amen. Um, leaving a legacy let me tell you and <laughs> my my reward with bible and mass at the end of the year last year at the end of last year there was two things and there was one sunday i think we hosted we premiered a little bit late someone was texting cassandra and asking is there bible and mass tonight that's <laughs> the first thing the second thing was at the end of it uh there was one viewer who texted cassandra of the benefit that he ripped from bible and mass and i think it speaks volume to wow the work that God is doing to digital evangelism and using us as the vessel for it. Amen. 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 Yeah. So, so next, next episode, guys. Wow. This is Cassandra and Edward. You guys, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Next episode, episode nine, it's the book of Nehemiah. And uh, the theme is building through discouragement and distress. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the, passions I've had with the, with the word of God is how to make it relevant and applicable to our lives. 
I'm going to have actually some construction people interviewed next episode sharing how Nehemiah inspired them on their construction project. Right? So stay tuned. Yes. Thank you again, Ed, Edward and, um, and Cassandra. And we um, want to again invite you to continue to watch with us every weekend to invite your friends and family to join in on our YouTube channel, PlantationSDA.tv. And we are going to close now with prayer. And I'm going to ask Edouard if you could pray for us, please. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy, for using us in your field so that we can be a blessing to others through these different series of the Bible and Mass. We thank you for Pastor Dexter and Liz who have taken the second um, season of the Bible and Mass and has spearheaded this, this project. Continue to be with the viewers, continue to bless their home and their family as they study your word and they continue to be the Christian that you want them to be. Bless us, Lord. Bless this night for us and send us with your Holy Spirit and your blessing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.